And we're back. Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Emmy. Uh, we are doing our Emmy recap, Emmy nomination recap and analysis. This is one of the few times every year. We do it two, three times a year. We uh, put the movie side and the movie business and all that aside for an episode. And we t- take our Emmy cats and put them on for these unqualified Emmy analysis uh, but this year we're a little we're semi one of us is semi qualified, Mike. I'm partially qualified this year. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if the application process is going to award me or, or not uh, <laughs> with a with a with a qualification. But I did do some cramming. Like I, it reminded me of college where I was cramming for tests. It did, mm. and mm. I went at like five big shows over the last few weeks. I watched the first two episodes of a bunch of shows, but. I, I'm adding to the fact that I've watched a lot throughout the year. I thought it was a really good year of, of television, and I know you, you, you agree with me on that front. Mm. Uh, I did not watch nearly as much as you, and uh, you're a madman. But, yes, you, uh, you it has been a good year of television, and you have studied for this as if it's a college final exam. I can, I can co-sign both those points uh, that you just made. That is co-host also, Mike. I am co-host Mike One, and we will be going through all things Emmys in this uh, episode, Emmy nominations specifically, primetime Emmy nominations specifically, specifically. Yes, and we have a new story and a new development with the Emmys, obviously, after the SAG-AFTRA strike, where the award show may get moved, and there's been speculation, and Fox has mentioned that they could move to November, they could move to January. Right now, the Emmys are scheduled for September 18th, and the voting schedule has remained uh, on its date August 17th will start the voting. That'll go to August 28th. But the show show date is fluid, so if the strikes linger on into the summer, like everybody speculates will happen, uh, this Emmys, the 75th, may get moved, Michael. Yeah, SAG can't, I mean, obviously with SAG on strike and the WGE on strike, part of the this, this SAG strike is that they can't go out to FYP events, they can't campaign for themselves. I would think actually attending an awards ceremony is part of that as well, and there will be all sorts of strikes. So uh, we've been talking about, as we focused on these labor negotiations for the last few weeks and months here, we've been talking about how the Emmys is one of the award shows, the major award shows that could be impacted, and they do have backup dates set in, uh, in stone for themselves should they need them. And if you listen to anything going on with a strike, whether it's us or anyone else, or read anything, it sounds like this is something that is not expected to be resolved until winter time at the earliest. Now, here's a question. Do you have any insight on whether or not they can get some kind of exemption? Have you looked into this at all? Because I've heard that as a rumor, that the Emmys, like the Tonys in the past, they could get an exemption for the talent and yeah. some of the writing, and, and you know perhaps the show could go on. Uh, do I know specifically whether the Emmys have you know have tried to do that? No, I haven't read anything about it or heard anything about that. But it happens, and it happens not only with award shows, but it also has happened in the past and past strikes with other shows. I mean, Dave Letterman is a famous example. His Worldwide Pants production company during the 08 writer strike reached out to the WGA separate and came to their own deal and was able to resume airing uh, and and doing stuff, you know, making their own shows before any other production company was. Uh, Sam Rice, who owns, obviously, College Humor, the dropout uh, 
streaming service. They are a production company, and they are also talent, WGA talent and SAG talent. And he has tweeted or and put out on his socials that he's plans on trying to uh, see if he can come to some sort of uh, consideration with SAG and WGA to resume production. But if not, he's prepared to hold off and has enough content to get through the rest of the year themselves. Wow. The rest of the year is probably, I mean, that's what I keep hearing over and over again, is that it, the studios will probably start feeling this and start panicking come the new year. So that's kind of what I'm expecting right now. Well, at least we got some time. We got a little buffer here, Michael. <laughs> Jesus. All right. We'll, we'll get into our Emmy nom rea- reactions here. Partially qualified, and we'll start with some tallies. Uh, so for the second year in a row, Succession was the nomination leader for its fourth season this time, uh, nabbing 14 primetime and additional 13 at the Creative Arts for 27 overall Emmy noms. And and for the record, for today's purposes and for most of these tallies, we are going to be focusing on the primetime Emmys. We will be doing some Creative Arts categories later in the episode. Uh, otherwise, uh, I'll mention here that the White Lotus had the second best tally uh, in the com- combined both shows. That it, Well, the third best in the Creative Arts with the combination, but otherwise second best here for primetime with 12 noms. Beef from Netflix was was next with nine, and Ted Lasso had eight. Uh, the Bear, Dahmer, and Barry each got six primetime noms. The Last of Us, Abbott Elementary, Better Call Saul, and Fleischman is in trouble. Those each landed five nominations apiece. And then you have The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and Welcome to Chippendales each got four noms. I know if you read Scott's article covering the Emmy noms, uh, Welcome to Chippendales being over and over again nominated was kind of a surprise for him. Let's talk about uh, Tally by Network or Streamer, HBO slash HBO Max slash Max slash the Zaslavians led the way. They had 42 primetime Emmy nominations, and when you add the creative arts nominations into it, HBO had the top three overall nomination leaders with Succession, The Last of Us, and like Mike said, The White Lotus. Now, if Disney had combined all of their networks onto the Wikipedia tally, which they should... Be, be, hint, hint, Wikipedia, you should do this. I don't know why you don't. They would be a closer second with 36 uh, to the 42 of, of HBO and HBO Max there. Otherwise, Netflix uh, was technically second overall with 25. Apple TV Plus had 17. Amazon, which is a combination of Prime Video and Freebie, they had 12. CBS with uh, with Showtime there, Paramount Plus combined for seven. Comcast, NBC, and Peacock uh, according or er, er, combined for Comcast, they had six. AMC five and Roku two. Michael. Yeah. So again, we're talking about it and it's become a talking point every year for Emmys nominations. It seems broadcast cable companies we got 13 noms compared to the you know what are we talking about here 70 or so total 80 or so total that we just ran down so Hmm. it's always a struggle for nbc cbs fox and abc to to get any kind of traction with emmy nominations although abc is well represented on the comedy side by abbott elementary all right so uh I think we'll do this section by section. We'll go like drama categories first here, Michael, and we'll we'll start with the drama series. I'll mention the directing and writing stuff as we go here. So we have Andor, Better Call Saul, The Crown, House of the Dragon, The Last of Us, Succession, The White Lotus, and Yellow Jackets. Try to keep the listing to a minimum today, but Succession had three directing uh, episodes nominated plus one writing. Better Call Saul had two writing. Otherwise, The Last of Us was was nominated for both. Uh, I'm guessing Succession is going to take all three categories. Uh, I don't know about you, Michael, but it looks like a Succession year to me. 
so I looked up the odds for these on uh, odds checker didn't have them. They only had three categories, but Vegas Insider has 20 primetime Emmy, mostly primetime Emmy categories laid out in odds. Uh, so you would say that Succession would be the, the betting leader Absolutely. of those? Absolutely. Uh, you would be correct. It is sitting at minus 185. Uh, Ooh, good game. odds. Although I would think that would be it would be heavier than that. Yeah. I mean, we know the Emmy's penchant for wanting to crown. You know, I mean, the, the drama best series drama category is one of three descriptors usually. It's either a longtime show on its farewell season, a water cooler season that had at least one moment in the zeitgeist, or a new show in its first year that really took the pop culture magazine section by storm. Uh, Succession and Saul fit the first category. Those are the, the finales of those two shows. The White Lotus probably fits the second, if not the White Lotus, and maybe Yellow Jackets. I don't know if House of the Dragon does. You would be more familiar than that. What I would than I would. Uh, your categories made mushroom soup of my brain. Was so. there like a moment in House of the Dragon? Yeah. There was, I, I mean, I don't remember anyone like talking about. Again, I, I blocked the Game of Thrones stuff out of my head, though, so I'm very biased against it. Yes, and it's because without watching all the good seasons, you turned into the last season and you spoiled yourself. So yes. you you deserve it. This is yes. this is the man of recaps, the wrath that he hath wrought upon your life, and. Oh. Sean I Bean. Sean Bean died again. Wow! How, how revolutionary ter- television this is. Uh, <laughs> I'm so mad at you for watching the last season of Game of Thrones. It's not, yeah, it's like it's like. Uh, all right, why are we sucks. getting into this again? Show sucks. No, stop it. <laughs> um, Michael, and the Last of Us would be would fit the profile of a first season that like kind of took all the pop oh, culture yeah. stuff by storm. Obviously, made a super duper star in uh, Pedro Pascal there, or at least helped make a super duper star in him there. So we do have shows that fit all three of those usual descriptors for the best uh, show drama that goes home with outstanding drama series that usually ends up winning on the Emmys night. But again, Succession is the heavy favorite. And I mean, it's the, the heavy Lotus, favorite because it won. This is second right now with yeah. plus 275. It won in 2022. It won in 2020. Now, the White Lotus basically swept all the limited series, best series categories uh, of the last uh, year. But now it's moving over to drama series. And it, it would be surprising because Succession has... I don't know, dominated the conversation in many cases. It's dominated the award seasons for the last two seasons. So uh, that would be my guess. Especially because uh, the White Lotus is still going, right? I mean, Succession just had its big send-off, but the White Lotus isn't going to stop. Right. That, two seasons. That being said, the White Lotus did win Ensemble at SAG. The White Lotus did win limited series at the Golden Globes. House of the Dragon won drama. Obviously, Succession is coming in to those eligibility periods after the fact critics choice went for better better call saw so i think you know these other shows are in play but it's and that's why the odds are probably as uh as as you know gettable as you can or as attainable what's the word like when you can when you can take on a, a front runner michael when you can when you can catch a front runner possible Possible, <laughs> but how do you con- how do you refer to the odds? There's not a cool I mean, little slang. No, it's, I mean they're realistic. It's just, it's a possible. It's a possibility. It's gambling, Mike. Short, long, but there's not like uh, this. But, but there's there's no shorthand for that. 
No, it's, you, you, you want to, you want to, it's a long shot that has a chance. You know, it's not the betting favorite. It's a decent odds. It's a mid, mid odd pick. I don't know what you want from me here. I wanted a cool new word. I know House of the Dragon has the longest odds. That means it's the worst show. (laughs) (laughs) This is terrible. This is going off the rails already. Uh, I I will say The Diplomat was my heaviest, uh, or my my favorite of the snubs. Mm, I did watch... I did watch Queen Charlotte, Bad Sisters, The Boys, The Rings of Power. I mean, I, I like those shows as well. I think you've watched The Handmaid's Tale? I didn't watch. No, not the last season. I oh, didn't okay. get to. I haven't watched it yet. This is the problem. I mean, it's, it goes back to my why it took me forever to finally start the Better Call Saul last season too. I'll watch it in a binge, but if I'm, you know, if when I binge the show isn't done, it takes me a while to circle back and get to those seasons I missed. Well, I would say like. The White Lotus are kind of self-contained, so I'm a little surprised you haven't gone at those yet. I'm going to get to that. Uh, that one I know I will watch. Otherwise, the, Yellow Jackets too. The Diplomat's a lot of fun. I would I would be surprised if you did Is not. Is that Carrie like, Russell? Yeah, Carrie Russell yeah. in The Diplomat. Anyway, that was an easy binge. Otherwise, The Last of Us, like you you know that from the video game. Started that. Watched the first two episodes uh, of the stuff that I started in like first seasons or watched a couple episodes of that's the one that i want to go back to the most anyway it sure looks like succession and my guess would be succession in writing and directing i mean for the for the for the episode on the boat connor's wedding alone that would be my guess but i mean we know this we know this voting body loves crowning these you know long time shows that have their send-off seasons And, and they nailed they stuck the landing yeah with this particular season that being said it wouldn't shock me if the white lotus took writing perhaps that would uh, if that happens early in the night sure. i would guess the white lotus might might do better than we thought uh, obviously these both those shows are heavily nominated so we'll see we can move on we'll talk about lead actor in a drama series that'll be the next category here we have jeff bridges from the old man brian cox from succession kieran culkin from succession Jeremy Strong from Succession is here as well, as is Saul himself, Bob Odenkirk of Better Call Saul, and the man, the myth, the legend, Pedro Pascal of The Last of Us. I would guess Jeremy Strong is the shortest odds, Mike. Am I right? You uh, you would be wrong. Oh! Uh, it's close. I mean, the you can, you know, you're walking a tightrope. There's no... Vig, there's no minus betting favorite, and again, I probably should have done the spiel at the top. But if you're a minus betting favorite, like for example, Succession in the drama cate- drama series category, Succession's minus one eighty five. That means you have to pay a hundred and risk one hundred and eighty five dollars to win a hundred. Whereas the White Lotus is plus two seventy five. You have to risk a hundred dollars to win two seventy five of profit. So we're talking about lead actor for drama series, Kieran Culkin, which doesn't surprise me. I thought he was going to be the favorite, but I thought he would be more of a favorite to nice. be honest. Uh, because Jeremy Strong already has his uh, lead actor Emmy, quite frankly. But Kieran Culkin leads the category plus 175. Jeremy Strong is second at plus 200. And Bob Odenkirk is third at plus 225. So There's a $50 difference between first and third place in this category. Wow, that's tight. So Culkin won the Critics' Choice for Succession. He's been nominated three times. Otherwise, Jeremy Strong, as you mentioned, he won both the Emmy and the Choice for the role in 2020. Pedro Pascal got three noms this year. Odin Kirk, uh, he's been nominated 16 times, mostly as a writer. Uh, well, I shouldn't say mostly because it's five Better Call Saul acting noms, uh, and you would hope that he could win at some point. But two, only two wins in Odin Kirk's history as a writer for SNL and the Ben Stiller Show. Brian Cox, 
I mean, you get the legacy pick here. I just, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it doesn't make sense to me. Anyway, well, but we have a relatively open category with recent winners. Kevin Costner won the at the 80th Golden Globes for Yellowstone. He's not here. Jason Bateman won at the 29th SAG Awards. Otherwise, like I said, Odenkirk, or I didn't mention, but Odenkirk won at the Critics' Choice Awards. The critics were very, uh, very favorable to Better Call Saul this past year uh, to the point where... I've finally been persuaded to actually watch one of your Man of Recaps uh, and get myself (laughs) up to speed to where I could start season four of Better Call Saul because I'm I'm way behind. I got through the first three seasons, loved it, but it was kind of a rough show there. But anyway, Diego Luna should have been in here for Andor. I'm a little upset by that. Patty Considine, House of the Dragon, uh, and Kevin Costner were the other Feinberg forecast snubs, by the way, Michael. I did finally uh, start the final second half of the last season of Better Call Saul. I got through, I think, the first three episodes so far. Um, It's got to be because I have so much binge history with it. But, like, of the shows I started versus something like Better Call Saul that I was going back to, that's the show I want to go back to more, even more than The Last of Us. Like, I want to watch more of that. That said, I mean, success and strength is going to be seen throughout all these nominations in these acting categories. It, it tied its own record for most nominations total for a single Emmys year. It broke the record for most, I mean, the, the, the categories widened, so it's easier to break the record, but it's the first show to ever have three nominations in the lead actor male uh, in the lead actor drama series category, uh, as it does in this category we just talked about. So maybe there's some cannibalization with the voting there. Just give it to Bob Odenkirk. Succession's going to win everything else. You can give this category to, I mean, Jeremy Strong's already got his. Kieran Culkin would be worthy, and yet, like you said, Brian Cox would be the legacy pick. I'm surprised he hasn't gotten one for his work on Succession. Uh, his only Emmy win came, I think, in 2001 when I did my research. Right. a limited series role there. Yeah. But Better Call Saul did not get nominated as strongly this year. Uh, at, I mean, seven noms overall, five yeah. at the primetime part of the Emmys. So that that's a bad sign. Giancarlo Esposito, he's won awards at other award shows. Jonathan Banks both snubbed this year. Giancarlo Esposito. I mean, on his, the work on the, first, the like second episode alone, he should have been nominated. Really? It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I mean, I believe you because he's so good as uh, yeah. Gus Frayn there. I... I Look, I, I'm I'm weirded out by this category in a sense because it it feels <laughs> it feels like the snubs are so obvious, and yet uh, I don't know. I don't know who's going to take this one. This is one of the more intriguing categories on the night. I would guess I would guess one of the Succession boys, but uh, like you're saying, this could, this could be a fun category in particular if if uh, Odenkirk gets it. Pedro Pascal is an interesting idea for a bet. He's plus three fifty. He's fourth place in these odds. He's but. so stoic in that show, though. I would I would just be surprised if the first season where he's extra stoic, he gets the award there. And but. who's the Emmy voter who only watched the last, who tuned into Max for The Last of Us, but didn't watch Succession or didn't like Succession? The, you know what the, I mean? It was such a Roy Boy show this year. The Roy mm-hmm. brothers were showcased throughout, yeah. and maybe like you're saying, maybe they they vote split. Sorry to the uh, pundits out there who get it. It's a lot of pundits are getting aggravated by the concept of vote, vote splitting of late. <laughs> I don't blame them, but uh, it, it could happen again. We'll see. Yeah. 
All right, we'll move on. Lead actress in a drama series. Your nominations are Sharon Horgan for Bad Sisters. Melanie Linsky, who is a social media darling. She does Yellow Jackets, obviously. Elizabeth Moss for The Handmaid's Tale. Bella Ramsey in The Last of Us. Carrie Russell in The Diplomat. And Sarah Snook for Succession. The Crown had a rough day, so Imelda Staunton playing uh, Queen Elizabeth there was not nominated. Emma Darcy of House of the Dragon and Juliette Lewis are the other listed Feinberg snubs. This is another category that uh, Zendaya has been dominating of late at the Golden Globes, at the Critics' Choice, so we don't know necessarily uh, who's the favorite, but I would say Sarah Snook is perhaps a bit overdue. Uh, She's been nominated for three Emmy noms. She won the 2022 Supporting Category for her succession role at the Critics' Choice Awards, so... That is a somewhat recent win, obviously, but in another category. So this is this is a fascinating one, Mike, because we don't necessarily have uh, an obvious choice based on, I would say, pundit reasons. Yeah, the odds reflect that. Again, no negative favorite. Nobody you're paying a vig to bet for, but Sarah Snook is the betting leader. Your instincts are correct, plus 125. This is a two-horse race according to the odds. Sarah Snook at plus 125, risk $100, win 125 a profit if she wins. And Melanie Linsky of Yellow Jackets, uh, plus 180, risk $100, get 180 a profit. Bella Ramsey is hanging around at plus 400, but otherwise you're beyond 10 to 1 for anyone else. And this category is kind of like a queenmaker category in a lot of ways. Since 2011, there have been 12 winners of this category. Three of those have been two-time winners within that stretch. Another two have also been Oscar winners within that stretch. <laughs> and the other four names are Tatiana Maslany, who only went on to like get her own Marvel Disney Plus series. Uh, Elizabeth Moss, who only went on to be like one of the big names in Hollywood right now. Claire Foy, same for her. And Jodie Comer, isn't she an Oscar nom? Jody she Comer should have been an Oscar nom. Yeah, yeah, she was very good in uh, so, the Ridley Scott. And those, you win this category, you, you become a huge stepping stone in your career, more so than I would even argue uh, the lead actor category. Wow, yeah, that's that's cool to see. Sarah Snook, she's doing some movies of late, so maybe that is the direction she's going to take. It was such a shiv Tom Roy yeah. Boy season. Mm-hmm. I I just loved her work this year. I, if it's on merit, it's probably going to her. I would say, even though Melanie Linsky was so good in Yellow Jackets season one, I have not watched season two yet. But uh, I mean, Sharon Horgan, great in Bad Sisters. I did binge that. I would guess she's probably more in line for a writing upset than than acting. Carrie Russell's always great. Bella Ramsey was fantastic in, in, in The Last of Us. Elizabeth Moss, I'm guessing she's great because she's great in everything. I mean, it's a fun category, and it speaks to the strength of the performances that they got in from shows that were not as heavily nominated, especially top of the card. But that has a double edge to the sword because Sarah Snook is from the the obvious show here, the the favorite show in succession. So Sarah Snook has got to be the favorite. Bella Ramsey, I mean, she did a great job with the character that I've seen so far, but the casting of that was impeccable perfect she's she's so good and the chemistry between the two is is just worth watching that's going to be one of the bang the table recommendations if you have not watched the last of us yet uh check it out folks yeah especially a great great series opening episode one of the best series uh debuts i think i've ever seen 
Um, supporting actor in a drama series, we have F. Marie Abraham from The White Lotus, Nicholas Braun of Succession, Michael Imperioli of White Lotus, Theo James of The White Lotus, Matthew McFadden of Succession, Alan Ruck of Succession, Will Sharp of The White Lotus, Alexander Skarsgård of Succession. Yes, that's right. It's 4v4. Four nominations from Succession. Four nominations from The White Lotus. Thank God they expanded the, uh, the nomination process in the Emmys, huh, to get more diversity. Yeah, I would say Feinberg <laughs> wrote a whole piece on this, and he's like, the new rules uh, that did not restrict the number of actors you can nominate, well, it kind of blew back into the face of the Emmy voters on this. It did kind of work the rest of the the card, but for this supporting category where you know they're trying, the spirit of the rules, they're trying to get these voters to watch more shows and not just nominate actors in clumps from the same shows well that that did blow back here Giancarlo Esposito Jonathan Banks like I said of Better Call Saul were snubbed Matthew Smith of House of the Dragon and Tom Hollander of the White Lotus those were the Feinberg listed snubs Michael I mean in a way you could at least say well at least cannibalization or vote sharing won't be an issue here <laughs> because you're only picking from two shows anyway so if you're picking from those two shows I I would put it to you. Who do you think is the best performance on Succession? I have a clear answer, but... It's got to be Tom. Tom. It's Matthew McFadden. Yeah. Now, he's won before. Uh, I would say that the Globes don't necessarily... And the choice don't necessarily help help us because it's a combined combined category at the Globes where Tyler James Williams of Abbott Elementary won to speak to his strength later in this episode. 28th Critics' Choice Award winner is Giancarlo Esposito from Better Call Saul. He's not here. So if you're looking at it from a pundit perspective, Matthew McFadden, he took the 2022 Emmy win. Otherwise, we're going back to Peter Dinklage and Tobias Menzies. So I would guess you'd have to have Matthew McFadden up on top of the odds. He is the leader. He's a minus 150 favorite. Uh... Again, you got to risk 150 to win 100. I all, I mean, I would have, I have not seen the White Lotus, so I can't speak on on the the nominees coming from there. F. Murray it's, Abraham is in second place, and I do okay. think if he won, he would tear the house down with a. I mean, that'd be a big ovation. But like Nicholas Braun playing that 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 cousin role is not easy. <laughs> Surrounded by all these alphas and all these like supercharged up like the Greg D bags. <laughs> <laughs> the Greg Tom moments are pretty great. Yeah. And the fact that Tom needed somebody to Greg for him, you have to be Gregging for me on election night. <laughs> it was so so perfect that I, I loved it. Now, yeah, I don't know how to parse through the White Lotus actors. I think that may be the vote-sharing piece of this. Like Michael Imperioli, is a, a, he's got a poker face most of the season. Will Sharp definitely has a poker face. I don't even know why they're here. I hate to say it because those performances are just white knuckling it the entire you know the entire uh entirety of their vacation hmm. so I, I don't get it like it, it, i mean i i guess giancarlo esposito half his performance is probably that but he's also gonna blow up right i hope <laughs> well not <laughs> i mean i don't know literally at some point yeah phrasing does, but... but yeah <laughs> anyway uh, uh yeah, so uh, yeah i don't yeah. i would try like get me guessing the top of the White Lotus voting uh, odd betting line there would have been impossible before you said it. So I'm I'm surprised that F. Murray Abraham is atop it. Might be a legacy thing. I mean, people just love him. You know, I don't I don't know. Would you like to guess as to who uh, who is in third place here? 
Jeez, Skarsgård? Yeah. I'm right. You're on your game. Oh, wow. Plus 350, Skarsgård. Oh, he's so good. He's so good on the hit the plane scene, the top of the mountain. Oh, my God. He's got a ton of great Emmy real scenes, Emmy real moments, I would say, in succession. Is he? Did I read he's going to be Nosferatu in Eggers' remake? Huh. I think I read that. I think it's, I think it's, well, anyway, I think it's that Skarsgård of the billion it could be, so. That makes some sense. Yeah. Okay. I like yeah. it. It's a big physical uh, dra- Dracula. Yeah. I had to watch that in college. Yeah. It was a movie. All it right. was good. Uh, supporting actors in a drama series, something that's maybe a little easier to parse through. Jennifer Coolidge of The White Lotus, Elizabeth Debicki of The Crown, Megan Fahey of The White Lotus, Sabrina Impacciatore of The White Lotus, Aubrey Plaza of The White Lotus, Rhea Seahorn of Better Call Saul, J. Smith Cameron of Succession, and Simona Tabasca of The White Lotus. The White Lotus getting a ton of uh, acting noms. And, and that makes some sense here. Uh, they, they were great. They were so good, those performances. And yet, I would still say Jennifer Coolidge has got to be the front runner here. No, she's won some crossover categories, even though uh, I would say Julia Garner has been uh, taking a lot of these awards over the last year and a half from Ozark. Jennifer Coolidge has been winning limited series. She's won the Critics' Choice uh, Supporting Actress in a Drama Series. So I would guess she's atop it, but what, what do you have for odds? Pretty heavily atop, yeah. You're you're batting a thousand so far. Jennifer Coolidge minus two twenty favorite. Uh, the only person with inside two to one other than Jennifer Coolidge is Rhea Seahorn from Better Call Saul. So it's nice to see Better Call Saul maybe missed out on being over nominated, but their nominees, as far as Vegas goes, getting some respect at least. Well, that's good to see, and I think she would be uh, my hope for the category if Coolidge doesn't win. Coolidge yeah. is so good. In the White Lotus, though, my God. It was not a Jerry season of Succession, season four there. So I would be surprised by her. Same. Otherwise, uh, you know, it's sad to see Yellow Jacket star Christina Ricci not nominated here. Carol Burnett from Better Call Saul. I got to catch up, man. Carol Burnett is in season six. I I haven't gotten to that yet. And Dowd is a pre- previous winner from The Handmaid's Tale. Millie Alcock was awesome in uh, House of the Dragon. It's a shame she's not here. She's so young, though. So she'll, she has her future ahead of her. Haley Lou Richardson of The White Lotus. Yeah, it's hard to cry for White Lotus actresses not getting nominated there, but <laughs> she, was, she was also very good. So those are the Feinberg snubs. Uh, We can leave drama behind. We'll turn our attention to comedy now. The Outstanding Comedy Series nominees, Abbott Elementary, because, of course, Barry, The Bear, Jury Duty, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Only Murders in the Building, Ted Lasso, and Wednesday. This is a stacked comedy year. My favorite section of the day, the comedy categories, and the comedy series is is loaded. Uh, Shrinking was snubbed and I was going to be mad at that. Cause that's one of my favorite shows of the year on Apple TV plus with Harrison mm-hmm. Ford, who was also snubbed Jason Segel, Jessica Williams love shrinking. I've said, I've sung its praises many a times. However, I watched jury duty and jury duty was so damn good. Michael, that it's hard to be mad at the Emmy voters. Wednesday was such an enormous production. The production values are so great on uh, on Netflix, the big dance scene. Wednesday's a lot of fun. It's like this Percy Jackson, uh, Harry Potter, but it's a, a funny horror comedy version of that on mm-hmm. Netflix. The kids love it. I can't really blame them for that. So ultimately, I have to blame you and the people like you who love only murders in the building. 
That's my only recourse now for my watched, shrinking snub. I haven't watched season two yet, but that's fair. I will, I'll wear it. I haven't watched Jury Duty yet. Um, I like the stories I've heard coming out of Jury Duty, and it's it's a nice story that it's on freebie and it's gotten a couple nominations here on the comedy side. It was a nice surprise, but like if you, I've, I've seen stuff about the guy who was at the center of Jury Duty and like James Marsden reaching out to him afterwards, and him reaching out to James Marsden and being like, "Hey, I'm freaked out." After the show had wrapped, and he's right. like, "Hey, I'm freaked out. I think people, you know, there's, you're not still making a show about me, are you?" And like James Marsden, out of the goodness of his heart, like <laughs> spends time with him to talk him through it because it is. I mean, it is a mental. It's like it's a total mind f. Like you're, you're I ruining this guy's life for a little I bit. I cannot get enough of the post game for that season. So guys, <laughs> if you don't know the conceit of jury duty, here's what happened: they staged a real <laughs> case where all actors participated, and it's a huge production, except for one guy who thought it was really jury duty for him. And this one guy who was not an actor has basically tested this entire show. Now, here's the crazy part from my perspective, Michael. I fast forward, because I'm trying to binge all these shows, I mm. fast forward the, the opening credits. I fast forward the recaps. I, fa- I don't watch the post-show commentary if there is any. So mm. I until episode four, where I was microwaving something, like a couch potato. <laughs> I didn't even hear the conceit of the show. I didn't even realize that he was a non-actor. It blew my mind. I thought I was Wait, just you watching. Didn't, you didn't know about it? For three episodes, I thought I was just watching like a Parks and Rec. Just a totally <laughs> fictional show. I had no idea what I was watching. So wow. my mind was blown for the last five episodes i love this binge it's an easy one if you have amazon prime you don't have to watch any of the commercials so it's an easy easy binge go watch it people the problem with the show like that blowing up in the way that it did was first of all it's a total knockoff of the joe schmo show which spike tv did about like 15 years ago under the instead of being a jury trial it was under the guise of a guy being in a reality show and he was the only one not in on the joke and because of the success of jury duty there's been announcements that the joe schmo show is going to be brought back so that'll be interesting to see but the problem with having a a show like that go popular is like you can't have a sequel to it Uh, you could but you can't have the james marsden of it all in there right like who's gonna buy that they're on a jury the Mm. next time with a famous actor who happens to be there you're gonna think it's a tv show because everybody knows about it now, it, it's harder and harder to uh, to to mess with people. It's almost like Sasha Baron Cohen; he keeps walking around in other disguises. <laughs> right? It's hard to screw with people uh, after you've done it the once to the to the level you did it. But this is my favorite section, and certainly one of my favorite categories because some of these shows are the best of the year, like The Bear, the Bear, uh, the, so the Bear season one. Now, this is not a season two bear eligibility period so we're talking about the bear season one here for the emmys the marvelous mrs Maisel, one of the greatest finale seasons like every episode is just something to savor it's tremendous barry's final season they i did not love the previous one i love the final season i would rank jury duty like right in there in the mix mixed with those abbott elementary probably had the very best episode of all of these seasons, the will they, won't they climax of that season was so good. The teacher conference episode, the funniest ever. Cheryl Lee Ralph killed me. 
friggin' uh, Tyler James Williams killed me in that episode. And I would say, like, I, I'm so upset that Quinta Brunson's not up for writing that particular episode. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's crazy that, that no directing or writing for Abbott Elementary. And look, Cheryl Lee Ralph gets her flowers and she damn well deserves them. Quinta Brunson gets her flowers. Tyler James Williams, they damn well deserve them. Chanel James doesn't get nearly enough credit for holding that, for doing Janelle what she does in that show. James is in the goofier role. She's insane in that show. <laughs> she's so funny, but she is, she's probably has the hardest job because right. she's playing this character that I just cannot believe is real. This is right. unqualified <laughs> principle of a public like the, school. The season, the season premiere, it's, it's, Education week for the teachers, the week the teachers go back before the students, and she's out there having a barbecue selling the teachers' parking spots to make a little extra cash. <laughs> she's hilarious the whole year, and yeah, but she's so goofy. And when you put yeah. her up against like characters from The Bear, I, I don't even know why The Bear is here. The Bear is not a funny premise, it's not a funny show, even though there are moments of levity. Don't get me wrong, there are moments where you laugh out loud, even in the craziest episodes. But the bear is not a comedy. It makes no sense. I think the it bear depends is... on how you were brought up. <laughs> Mike, come on. The bear should be in the drama section. Yeah, I no, I agree with you. I'm surprised that the, the bear is, is here. But uh, it's... maybe it's a length of show thing. I'll though... tell you. I'll say this. Of these nominations, I'm surprised the bear isn't the betting favorite. Yeah. However, I'm not necessarily all that surprised based on. Emmy voters looking at it and say, it's not funny. Why am I voting it for best yeah, comedy? Like, it's the best it's in, show. <laughs> it's the best show in the group. Maybe, yeah. but look at Barry and, and Maisel, and obviously Ted Lasso had some missteps, I would say. Ted Lasso had a couple of bad episodes in there. Heavy, heavy favorite of the category, Ted Lasso. Wow. That would be, that would, I wrote it down, that what the pundits are predicting. I would say, I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna, Bet on Abbott Elementary. What are the odds for Abbott Elementary? It's third place. It's plus 500. There's three shows that are five to one or less. Abbott Elementary is third of those, plus 500. The Bears right next to it at plus 450. And then Ted Lasso leading the category, minus 250. Wow, that's a heavier favorite than I would have predicted. Same here. Uh, The reason is probably that Emmy voters are on the side of Ted Lasso. It's won the last two. Last show, last season for it. It's a beloved show. It helped everyone through COVID. It's a great final couple of episodes, too. So the highs are very high. There's just a couple of awkward episodes. Jesus. Ted Lasso <laughs> had, had a couple of missteps, in my opinion. However, you know, you could say that about other shows, too. Like Abbott Elementary, every episode's not great. It's more of a setup season for Abbott Elementary. So Abbott maybe- Elementary deserves some kind of recognition for keeping the broadcast sitcom alive, though, because they... Abbott Elementary has to churn out 22 episodes. Right. Where Ted Lasso has to do 10 and the Bear has to do 8 and all these limited series and all these short writers room, which is why we're having the WGA strike to begin with. But there's got to be something. It's almost unfair that Abbott Elementary has to draw out 22 episodes and be in these categories with these more limited run shows that are considered, you know, full seasons. Ted Lasso should have done like 15 or 16, though. They had a couple hour long episodes that made no sense to me. They dragged. But, uh, yeah, the bear, I mean, if you think about the bear season one, that was a fast binge, right? Because every episode's 20 something minutes of season one anyway. That was so easy. season two of the bear isn't this, isn't what we're talking about for the purposes of this show. Correct. Correct. Interesting. Season one. Uh, if okay. you look at all the episodes, yeah. And they dropped season two 
in a very clever way at the time of the nomination voting. And a lot of the pundits are looking at that. That was deliberate because all the season two buzz was great. Yeah. And what are people voting for? Does everybody know they're only voting for season one? Obviously, if you look at the episode titles, you know you're voting for season one. But who knows with these folks? That being said, Michael, Abbott Elementary is mopping up of late 80th Golden Globes, 29th SAG Ensemble, 28th Critics' Choice, Yes, I mean, uh, 28th SAG Ensemble went to Ted Lasso. Yes, the last two Emmys went to Ted Lasso. I'm not so sure that Ablett Elementary is not going to take this. I would. I don't think it'll be the Bear, even though it's second place right now. I mean, I, I think, in a way, I, I might argue that dropping the second season and having the second season be so good having might seen also work against it. The second for, season, though. Do you be- yeah, so do you believe the bear is a year away? Yeah, because I think the second season was better than the first. And the first I mean the first was really good, but the second season had like arguably the best singular episode of TV for me of 2023 so far. So why isn't Jury Duty in limited series? I mean, I know it's com- it makes no sense. I, I don't know like where you saying. draw the line with any of these things. Like what is a limited series at this point if we have full series that are Eight episodes long on FX, you know. So what I they mean? must know that Freebie is going to do a season two of Jury Duty. They must know yes. that the Bear is going to stay in comedy, even though it's a, <laughs> it's not a funny premise. I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, it's it, the Emmys are they're in a weird time with the evolution of uh, of TV and being what it is. So, so if a- Abbott is kind of playing the long game because it needs to for ABC, right? They need to have six seasons of that show. Otherwise, what do they got? for Emmys, ABC. So if Abbott's playing the long game, maybe that's going to go for a while. Then next year, the Bears season two is probably in the, the catbird seat, I would say. But wouldn't you put season two for the Bear in drama? Wouldn't it be squarely in drama? Uh, it should be. Of course, it, season one should have been in drama. even though Yeah, but season two even more so, no? I would agree. Season two of the Bear should move over to drama, and maybe it comp- I, I mean, I don't know what it competes with. I mean, the TV field is so hard to figure out because it's just what one shows on one shows off anyway i don't want to pretend to be that much of an expert that 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 would be a whole yeah wholly qualified episode (laughs) of mike mike and emmy this is partially qualified (laughs) we better move on to the acting categories outstanding lead actor in a comedy series bill Hader from barry jason siegel of shrinking does make it martin short only murders in the building jason sudeikis of ted lasso and jeremy allen white of the bear uh steve martin doesn't make it for only murders yeah donald glover of atlanta nathan fielder of the rehearsal again i'm weirded out that nathan fielder why is the rehearsal even eligible in these categories? Why isn't it limited series? Yeah, again, I just we're not we're not fully qualified to, to know <laughs> these things. That's anyway, I I feel partially qualified to say that Jeremy Allen White of the Bear is sweeping Choice Globe SAG, so he's probably the favorite, right? He is not. Oh, he is Sudeikis not. He is second. It is Sudeikis, and it is extremely close. According again to Vegas Insider, uh, Sudeikis plus 150, Jeremy Allen White plus 200. Bill Hader hanging around plus 375. Sudeikis has won the last two Emmys. That's got to be why. That being said, he is not funny in the third season <laughs> of. Uh, that's the thing. Like, Jeremy Allen White, not funny. Bill Hader, not funny. Very not funny, yeah. And Barry and. And, and he's such a dork, Jason Sudeikis, in the third season of Ted Lasso, where, like, 
geez, we're begging for it to end. All the other characters are hilarious in Ted Lasso, <laughs> but he is not that funny. So, and Jay, this is the least I haven't watched. Only Murders in the Building. I've watched one episode, so maybe I'm guessing Martin Short is funny and Steve Martin are funny. Jason Segel not funny <laughs> and shrinking. <laughs> He's the straight man character. So what are we doing? In- yeah, we're getting to the point where like, what is comedy? <laughs> Like comedy, we were afraid that it died during COVID. Here's here's the theory come to life. This yeah. lead actor category. So I'm I'm I am surprised. I'm genuinely surprised to hear you say Jason Sudeikis. But he he does good dramatic work in Ted Lasso's final season. It's not even in the ballpark of Jeremy Allen White's dramatic work, though. <laughs> what are we talking about? It's idiotic. Television Academy members, if you're listening to our show, that you would vote him over Jeremy Allen White. It and is I the think... last season of Ted Lasso, though, and Jeremy Allen White just had a superior season to the first season that he's nominated for here. Yeah, so they're, they're looking at him as a year away. Yeah, could be. Anyway, I hope Jason Segel is a yeah. future winner of the category myself. Anyway, outstanding lead actress. Lead actress in a comedy, Christina Applegate for Dead to Me, Rachel Brosnahan for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Quinta Brunson for Abbott Elementary, Natasha Leone for Poker Face. Nice to see her there. And Jenna Ortega for Wednesday. So Quinta Brunson won the 80th Golden Globe in the category. Otherwise, Gene Smart was kind of the carryover winner from Hacks. Gene Smart has been uh, heavily awarded at the last two Emmy shows uh, with this with this one, uh, with this category. That being said, so she's not here. Quinta Brunson should win. She's from the most awarded show of the group here. The pundit pick... Seems like it's Quinta Brunson. Is she the leader, Mike? Uh, she is the leader right now. It, it, she's a plus 190. I mean, the leader is almost two to one. So that's, you know, <laughs> who the hell knows? Wow. Nobody knows what's going on in this category. Uh, Rachel Brosnahan, I mean, it's the final season of Maisel, right? That's what's she's being great. nominated here? She is great in the final season, and she's playing an older version of herself because a lot of the final season is a flash forward, which is, they did it so well. Oh, my God, it's so good. Like, if you're going to look for a binge, Amy uh, Sherman Palladino, what a great job. I could see her getting, like, that directing award just because it's, it's such a difficult job to bounce back and forth with the timelines. So I could see Rachel Brosnahan, but she did win already. She won in 2018 for Maisel. I might bet on Christina Applegate if I were a betting man. I mean, she's plus 350. She's third place. It's the final season of Dead to Me. She's overcome so much physically yeah. and health-wise in her life. She's a television royalty. She's been on our TV screens since the 80s. She only has one Emmy win, and it was for Outstanding Guest Actress in a Comedy Series back in 2003 for her role in Friends. And she's on jet skis and flying over... <laughs> Just Sharknado amounts of sharks. That I just had to stop watching Dead she's to Me. Literally jumping the shark is it what is you're saying. The most ridiculous show I've ever watched in my entire life. <laughs> I can't watch it anymore. Like I can't. I can't look myself in the mirror and mm. say I'm gonna finish Dead to Me. And maybe I will, just because I'm hyping myself up here. But I am. What I'm are you more sh- likely to finish, Dead to Me or Dahmer? Dead to me, because okay. Dahmer's, Dahmer's a hard <laughs> sit, man. I can't watch all the murder stuff, the murder yeah. point. I can't do it from the serial killer's perspective. Can you? Can you watch yes. those things? Yes. <laughs> Are you going to watch House That Jack Built? I take I take notes. 
<laughs> I get ideas. Anyway, Selima, Selena Gomez only murders. Ellie Fanning of The Great. The Great did not do well. Bridget Everett uh, of Somebody Somewhere. Those are the Feinberg Wasn't, snubs. Uh, is, do we have any evidence that Poker Face is not a, a one-off? I thought Poker Face was supposed to be a limited series one-off. Really? Uh, it's probably done so well that they want to do it again. Maybe Ryan Johnson won't do it, or maybe the they're going to pay him. What the hell is going a, on in TV? <laughs> maybe they'll pay him a ton of money, but Poker Face kind of brought Peacock and the streaming service into the, yeah, the four. Did. You know, the movies were a, a draw, you know, you, but, I mean, you really need to get your limited series and your and your series up to snuff in order to sell a, a streaming service, and now they're raising the rates. That was the new story today, right? Yeah, it just came out. Peacock's going to raise their rates. Look, anything that gets Natasha Leone in front of more microphones, I'm all for. I mean, she. I watched a little bit of the uh, the TV actress, comedy actress roundtable she was in. Like, you want to talk about somebody that is just over the business and doesn't give an F anymore. I, a, I love listening to her. It's a good first episode. I should have kept going with it. The problem with Poker Face is the commercials. That's what a snob i am you are a snob that's what i'm a to- i can't watch the commercials <laughs> that is absurd i refuse like i don't want to watch the show because of the commercials that's the only reason what price point would a streamer have to be for you to say okay i'll watch commercials i can't pay that much i mean it's got to have a show that i is a must watch like, Hulu was that way for me for a while, but I never used to watch shows on Hulu. Once the Hulu shows got good, I had to get it ad-free because I can't deal with the commercials. But what? Okay, so what price point would Hulu have got have to been to where it wasn't worth it? Like, 50 bucks a month, would you have paid it? <laughs> I don't know. I, I know. Can, I you can answer with... me. You answer this. <laughs> would you have paid 50 bucks a month? <laughs> 50 bucks? No, I'm yep. not paying 50 bucks a month. Are you? Okay. Uh, to avoid commercials, you wouldn't do it? I, I wouldn't. Oh, to avoid commercials. Yeah, to avoid commercials. If the if the pricing we're here was this argument before we're about to put commercials on our podcast. <laughs> but I don't I, have, I don't have a problem with. I don't mind commercials. commercials. <laughs> They're fine for me. I I don't mind podcast commercials. I'll let them play. They actually help me out sometimes. I just want to know how much of a snob you are when it comes to watching. Watching commercials is is very difficult for me. Would you have done seventy five bucks a month during your Hulu binge if they said that's the only way to not get commercials? No, who will? The, 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 who's paying seventy five bucks a month okay. to watch the Hulu? Like, I mean, that's why the, it's like Fubo and the Hulu Live and the YouTube Live stuff. You got to pay seventy bucks a month to watch commercials because you're cutting the cord. <laughs> Makes no sense. I didn't know you were this against commercials. You hate commercials. That's, I'm that's against funny. TV commercials. Yes, I don't understand. Like, that's how do you think TV exists? <laughs> I understand. The, the business i'm just or i understand the ba- the fundamentals of the business i don't i i am i am a movie guy i watch movies straight through outstanding supporting actor for comedy we will move on here <laughs> anthony kerrigan for barry phil dunster of ted lasso brett goldstein of ted lasso james marsden of jury duty even moss backrack for the bear uh tyler james williams of avid elementary and henry winkler of barry so tyler james williams has been winning a lot of category or he won the golden globe right the 80th golden globes mm-hmm. he's so good in abbott he is so good in that episode he's playing multiple parts in the ensemble sometimes he's the straight man everybody plays off him and he just gives that 
you know, that stare. But then that stare now is making you laugh. That stare is a punchline. It's hilarious. So Tyler James Williams should win this category, in my opinion. It was not a Brett Goldstein season of Ted Lasso, even though he's won the last two Emmy Awards. Uh, I think uh, I think Eben Moss Backrack is a year away from winning. He's going to win for season two of The Bear. I love it James Marsden. Yeah, I agree with that. I love Anthony Kerrigan. I, I love this category. This is a, this is one of those where I can just be happy with the category. Henry Winkler and Anthony Kerrigan are great in Barry as Noho Hank and, and mm-hmm. <laughs> Gene. And then Phil Dunster. I mean, good God, he's so good in Ted Lasso all the seasons. But he hasn't been nominated at these other shows. Like This is like a first nomination for him uh, in Ted Lasso. Uh, any guesses as to the betting favorite? I'm going to guess it's Brett Goldstein, but it should be Tyler James Williams. You're on your game. You are you are partially qualified this year. Brett Goldstein's the favorite, minus 125. Tyler James Williams is second at plus 200. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I think it would be an upset, but like it wouldn't shock me if James Marsden ends up winning this. It would be fun. I just would doubt that Jerry Duty has watched that much. Maybe it's watched that. It would much be a narrative. I think it would be a narrative vote of people knowing how like James Mars, how involved James Marsden was in making sure the guy was okay once the show was over. He called it an improvisational pressure cooker. Yeah, and yes, I think he could get some acting respect for the nature of that show. Uh, or if you skip the credits like I did, then he just did a <laughs> solid job. <laughs> oh look, it's Cyclops. He's funny. He's playing himself. He's a caricature. <laughs> Outstanding supporting actress in a comedy series. Alex Bornstein from Maisel. Ao Itabiri, who is everywhere. And I think I have pronounced her name a different way each time. And I apologize for that. But she is from The Bear. Uh, I she, She's going to blow up soon if she hasn't mm. already. Janelle James for Abbott Elementary. Shirley Ralph for Abbott Elementary. Uh, Juno Temple of Ted Lasso. Hannah Waddingham of Ted Lasso. And Jessica Williams for Shrinking. So this is a tough category to pick. Cheryl Lee Ralph, she's won the most recent award with her singing acceptance speech from the Critics' Choice, mm-hmm. 28th Critics' Choice. In my opinion, even though it's not a comedic performance, A.O. Itabiri is the best performance in the category. Cheryl Lee Ralph. But again, Ralph's, you're doing it from the first season, not the second, right? From the I first mean, what, season. What, don't you think the second season? She's I better. Just, she's no question. so much better. She's no question she's better in season two. That being said, and, and she's really difficult to watch in season one. Like, there's one episode in particular where she's just eviscerating, the, like, uh, the, the cousin character. Yeah. Ugh, it's hard yeah. to watch. And she's she's wrong, and her character's wrong, and that it is. It gets a payoff. It gets a payoff. You're right. Cheryl Lee Ralph is not quite as featured in season two. I'm, I, I feel like it's a Quinta... Tyler James Williams season. Jessica Williams, I hope she's a future winner of the category. It's a breath of fresh air that she's nominated here. Thrilled for it. But it's it's like, to me, it's not a Juno Temple. Well, it's more of a Juno Temple than a Hannah Waddingham Ted Lasso season three. Like, to me, the, the person who, sh- to, to, the race should come down to Alex Borstein and A.O. Itabiri. But I don't think that's going to be the, the case. I think this is going to be a Cheryl Lee Ralph versus hannah waddingham mike you are odds you are very good well they're Um, past winners and and so far these odds have said they really lean heavily towards the past winners well they don't know what's going on in this category and there's a couple actress categories where uh 
they're just total crapshoots. And this is another one. The, the leader in the category is almost two to one. Cheryl Lee Ralph plus 175. And then you have second and third are both two to one. So you're, hmm. you're talking about a $25 difference right now. Hannah Waddingham and Ayo Edabiri are both two to one. So uh, even Juno Temple is plus 400. You got five nominations inside 10 to one. Janelle James is plus 750. And then Alex Bornstein is 10 to one. The only one who's like a super long shot, according to the odds, the way they're listed and spread out is Jessica Williams at 16 to one. Bornstein wouldn't surprise me. Maisel gets love amongst voting bodies. But I, I mean, I just going, I get, I think if you're going on Bornstein, your hope is that the, uh, the lasso girls split their vote. And that could happen because Juno Temple is so featured and so good in that final season. Alex Borstein's won twice in 2019 and 2018 from Maisel. Cheryl Lee Ralph and Hannah Waddingham took the last two Emmys. Cheryl Lee Ralph with the 2022 win. I just, I don't feel like it's her season. Like, she's very good and funny. Again, I, I thought Borstein was awesome. She gives great and- speeches, too. Cheryl yeah, Lee Ralph. Does. Yeah. My guess is that Cheryl Lee Ralph's going to win again back to back, but what a great category. Yeah. We're spoiled with this, uh, you know, for anyone who does pay attention to television. Well, I'm <laughs> I'm getting more and more excited for these Emmys because th- this is some w- wide open racing right now, I would feel. Yeah. Well, the odds reflect that for sure. Limited or anthology series categories is where we will go to next. Outstanding limited or anthology series. The nominees are Beef. What separates beef from from poker face? I don't know. You're you're asking great yeah. questions. Uh, this is the weirdest, the weirdest section by yeah. far. All right, beef, Dahmer, Daisy Jones and the Six, Fleischman is in trouble, and Obi Wan Kenobi are your nominations. Outstanding limited or anthology series. How are they having a second season of Bad Sisters, for instance? <laughs> like, how is Bad <laughs> Sisters in drama? Because apparently, Apple must have told. Must have told them that it's getting nominated for all the BAFTA TV awards. It's if you nominated. want information like that, you got to go to a fully qualified show. We are not a we're a partially qualified partially qualified show. show. So it makes no sense to me that Obi Wan is here. Wasn't oh, I guess Obi Wan makes sense. Actually, yes, Obi Wan makes sense because the characters from Obi Wan are going to cross over for the rest of it. But Ewan McGregor was one and done. That being said, Obi-Wan or is it Kenobi, because we know when Obi Wan dies? Obi Wan Kenobi sucked, has... Michael. It sucked. It was <laughs> oh, a you terrible, didn't like it? I hated it. It was wow. a terrible season of television. It was like this is that's like the tourist getting nominated at the Golden Globes. <laughs> okay, that's such a stupid nomination. I'm punching up and I'm 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 punching. What if I to, were to tell you it was the betting favorite? <laughs> I'm aiming right for Ewan McGregor's groin, and yet Ewan McGregor is such a darling. It's it's not the betting. It's favorite. not the betting favorite. The betting favorite probably is Beef or Dahmer. Uh, again, you're right there. There's, Beef is the betting favorite, plus 150. Dahmer is second at plus 200. It's a $50 difference. Yeah, it should be Beef. But this category is like vacated by the White Lotus, obviously. Mm-hmm. So the White Lotus season one took the Globe. It took uh, the Emmy. This has been an awesome category for so many years. I feel like it's down this year. Like the Queen's Gambit and Watchmen were previous winners. Chernobyl was a favorite of yours. Big Little Eyes season one was awesome. Fargo season one. Downton Abbey, when they thought that was a limited series, Mike, that was a winner of this category. You go back to Banded Brothers in the Pacific, Mm. John Adams, some great HBO miniseries. And yet, like, Beef this year was a hard sit. Dahmer was a hard sit. I couldn't take it. I can't take the murder point stuff. Beef was a hard sit. It won me over by the end of it. 
I'm a little surprised at this category. Blackbird, much easier to watch with those two, Taron Egerton and, and Paul Walter Hauser getting acting noms. George and Tammy, the acting noms for Michael Shannon and uh, Jessica Chastain. They're, they're winning a lot of awards, Jessica Chastain in particular. I watched the first two episodes. Easy, you know, fun to, to watch those two sing in real life and, and do so well. It's I'm, I'm just surprised that this is like a murderous category of midlife Fleischman in trouble I watched the first episode midlife crisis to the hilt good god Daisy Jones and the six it was another one like it didn't it didn't get me in the first episode maybe it gets better I I should watch the rest of that but have you had had any desire to watch these shows Michael Uh, Fleischman a little bit beef no Dahmer yes Daisy Jones absolutely not Obi-Wan nah right so it's just a bizarre category. I just don't under yeah, I don't understand the category. Like I don't understand the, the definition and what differentiates I don't even think some the of those voters, past winners you were talking about. Like those were multiple season runs. I don't think the voters get the category because they heavily nominated Welcome Chick Chickendales Chippendales, excuse me. They heavily nominated Blackbird. We and should then, open a fast food joint called Welcome to Chickendales. <laughs> Chickendales. But I don't think they like these categories either because a lot of the movie like the original movie uh, actors and right. writers and directors got in down the card here. Right. And I mean, that's outstanding lead actor in a limited or anthology series or movie. So now you're throwing in. I mean, the first one is outstanding limited or anthology series. And now you're throwing in for the acting categories, movies that were hmm. also there. And they, it, it has affected outstanding lead actor for a limited series or movie. Evan Peters, uh, Daniel Radcliffe, Stephen Yoon, Taron Edgerton of Blackbird, Kumail Nanjiani of Chickendales, Chippendales, and Michael Shannon of George and Tammy. I just happened to, I was on the wrong document, so I read those in the order of their Vegas odds. So Evan Peters does lead the category at minus 185. Daniel Radcliffe for Weird Al is second at plus 270. So Evan Peters won the Golden Globe, right? We have Daniel Radcliffe winning the Critics' Choice. I'm surprised that those two have wins in their back I mean I get look at Dahmer I mean he's very good in that first episode I can't watch him like play with his food for 40 minutes before killing somebody <laughs> I just can't do it but just Steven kill Yun, him already yeah I'm, I'm at the point Steven Yun and Michael Shannon so I'll actually give credit where credit is due the acting in these shows is pretty fantastic so I could I could really see this one going any direction. My guess is Evan Peters is the odds leader, or no? Yeah, I, I said that already. He is oh, I'm sorry, you did. Minus one eighty five. Uh, I was for a second, a plus two seventy. Yoon wouldn't like I wouldn't be shocked at a Yoon win just because Beef seems like the type of show that could do well at an awards uh, with awards voting body, and Yoon is third place at plus three fifty here. So here's the question: Do you think I lied just now? Or do you think that came through subconsciously that Evan Peters was in, in my brain? Because I didn't listen to you. I, I, I don't know. I don't even know the answer. Did, <laughs> I, am I lying to myself? I did not. I did. Because so, all right. But when you read the noms, you read it off your. Yeah, oh, I read okay. them in order. Yeah, I read them in the order that they were listed on the, uh, the website, not the, not the doc. I'll go back to the doc for the lead actress one. It's a long doc. It took me a long time to put it together. <laughs> I'm rooting for Stephen Yun. That's where I'm at. Many hearts. Uh, <laughs> outstanding lead actress in a limited or anthology series or movie, Michael? 
Lizzie Kaplan for Fleischman is in trouble. Jessica Chastain of George and Tammy. Dominique Fishback of Swarm. Catherine Hahn of the be- Tiny Beautiful Things. Riley Keogh of Daisy Jones and the Six. And Ali Wong for Beef. Dominique Fishback, Ali Wong, they are going off <laughs> in their shows. I would not be surprised if either of them took it. But my guess is this has got to be Jessica Chastain's category, right? I mean, she won the SAG Award. For George and Tammy, she is singing her heart out. By $25 it is. She's a plus 110 favorite. Ali Wong is second at plus 135. Huh. Well, if Beef is going to have a day, then, yeah, it would make sense that Ali Wong is involved. She is so good in that show. Mm. Anyway, Rachel Weiss of Dead Ringers, Belle Powley of A Small Light, Emily Blunt of The English, which I've almost clicked play on a ton of times. Sydney Sweeney in reality got snubbed. The, uh, yeah, the original, in the original that. movie category, TV movie, she's not here. She's very good, but that the, uh, the acting, the acting categories are really stacked. I will give them credit for that. We'll go to another one: outstanding supporting actor in a limited or anthology series or movie. Murray Bartlett for Welcome to Chippendales. Paul Walter Hauser for Blackbird. Richard Jenkins for Dahmer. Joseph Lee for Beef. Ray Liotta for Blackbird. Young Manzi, Young Mazi, Young. Mazzino for beef. I wanted to call him Manzino, but it's not. It's Mazzino. <laughs> and Jesse Plemons for love and death. So I was rooting for Paul Walter Hauser in this category for obvious reasons. He's been a MMO friend, etc. But now he's got to deal with former Oscar nominee Richard Jenkins, mm-hmm. former Oscar nominee Jesse Plemons, Ray Liotta, posthumous Stacked Ray Liotta. Category, yeah. Both guys from Beef, from potentially the front-running show, and Murray Bartlett, last year's winner from another limited series then it was limited the white lotus evan peters is a former winner of this category as well like this is a loaded category it should be paul walter hauser i'm really not sure though i mean he won the critics choice with the burger in his pocket can you explain to me why he has a burger in his pocket by the way he got it for jamie lee curtis she had never had either smash burger or in and out burger or something so he (laughs) bought it for her well, that's like your favorite news story of the last two years. How did I not realize this? I, you mentioned it before, and I was embarrassed to ask you what it meant. Now I'm just I'm worn down by a long he was, recording. He was like, hey, I, got, I brought it for you. So I don't know where you are, Jamie Lee, but I got you a burger. It's great. I love him. Don As opposed Hulk. to you and I, who would just have one in our pocket just for safekeeping. Yeah, you don't know when. when's the next time you're going to get fed. Dom Hall Gleason of The Patient. Rodney Burford Jr. of Dahmer, Timothy Oliphant of Daisy Jones, and the six of the Feinberg snubs here. Paul Walter Hauser is the leader, plus 110. Richard Jenkins is in second at plus 150. Uh, Mazzino mm. is plus 450 with Ray Liotta. The Ray Liotta win wouldn't shock me again, the posthumous type thing. Uh, he is such a legend in the industry, obviously. A lot of fun possibilities there. Rooting for PWH, though. Okay, outstanding supporting actress in a limited or anthology series or movie. Anna Lee Ashford for Welcome to Chippendales. Maria Bello for Beef. Claire Danes, Fleischman is in trouble. Juliette Lewis, Welcome to Chippendales. Camilla Maroney for Daisy Jones and the Six. Nisi Nash Betts for Dahmer. Merritt Weaver for Tiny Beautiful Things. Nisi Nash Betts of Dahmer. She took the 28th Critics' Choice Award. Gave a she great is, speech. She is definitely the punditry pick in a big way. Most of the pundits I've seen. I've been laughing with her work for years on Reno 911. Yeah. And now, even in the first episode that I watched, she is just stealing one scene after another. She's incredible. 
So how is she, how does she lose this? This has got to be her category, right? Yeah, she is the favorite, minus 150. Claire Danes is in second. Uh, you can flip a coin between Claire Danes and Maria Bello. $25 difference. Claire Danes plus two, 275. Maria Bello is plus 300. Yeah, I, Jennifer Coolidge won the category last year. This is this is a, a who's who, some big names. Uzo Aduba, Patricia Arquette, Regina King won a couple of times, Kathy Bates, Jessica Lang, Maggie Smith. My God, the big names that have won this category. Mary Louise Parker, Laura Dern. This has been a forerunner in many ways for some for future Oscar winners or previous Oscar winners, too. I'd like to see Nisi Nashbats win again. Yeah, let's just cast her in everything. All right, so I got to ask you some questions now on this next section of categories. We have Outstanding Reality Program. The Amazing Race is going against RuPaul's Drag Race, Survivor, Top Chef, Chef or Shep, and The Voice, Michael. Lizzo is not in the category this year, so does it go back to RuPaul's Drag Race? Doesn't RuPaul win this every year or every other year anyway? 2021 back through 2018. Yes, yeah, sir. I mean, that feels, and she is, I mean, that is the heavy betting favorite. RuPaul's Drag Race, minus 290. The Amazing Race, I'm surprised to see, is second. But it won five times. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me, but it also hasn't been. When Do you have the last time it won? 2014. Yeah, that sounds right. I was going to say, it feels like it hasn't won in a, about a decade. So. The Voice won three times as well, 2017, 15, and, or 24 times, excuse me. I would have expected The Voice to be second. But it's fourth, so I expect RuPaul Drag Race and Survivors. I feels like is one of those that's just always nominated and never wins. Outstanding talk series that last week tonight is not in here this year. It has been raining in this category basically since the inception, with the exception of one year where the Daily Show with John Stewart won. But we have the Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Late Night with Seth Meyers, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and The Problem. With John Stewart, Michael, is John Stewart in the lead here? He is not, um, hmm. and pretty heavily not. It's a split lead between Seth Meyers and Colbert, both oh. minus one hundred five. I know how much this Emmy means to each one of these hosts. I know Kimmel's dying for one; he's plus six fifty. John Stewart's plus five hundred. This might be the only year. I don't know why, how it worked that John Oliver's not nominated or not eligible for this year. So this might be like these guys' only chance for a while to get one. They've been complaining <laughs> that he hasn't done enough episodes, maybe. But how many episodes does John Stewart have of the problem with John Stewart? Does that like it's a, a weekly, nightly thing? It's a I didn't. Question. Think no, it's it not. Was. It's not nightly. I know that. I think it's maybe weekly. So how? It makes no sense. Daily Show, the Jimmy Kimmel. I mean, all these other shows are every night. Exactly, and that's why I don't. I, I never understood why it was fair that John Oliver was up against them. But Seth Meyers has been doing some exquisite work. I mean, so has Colbert. I say, I say, I think Kimmel has too for his part. But any one of those three, I'd be very, very happy with. But I wouldn't like be pissed that John Stewart won either. Trevor Noah, important stuff. Trevor Noah with his last season is if it's his last season up for el- eligibility here. So is, is it that... the Daily Show? It is the Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Okay, because mm-hmm. on the uh, on the Vegas, oh, he's left site, already. Have, yeah, he's gone already. But on the Vegas site, they only have it listed as the Daily Show. So I didn't know uh... if they were gonna, you know. It, but if it's listed as the Daily Show with Trevor Noah, then maybe that does get some votes. Maybe they're finding their footing with looking for a new host, so yeah. he does he doesn't get it. Outstanding scripted variety series. We have a Black Lady sketch show last week tonight with John Oliver and Saturday Night Live. 
Saturday Night Live has won from 2022 back through 2017. Obviously, John Oliver. So this is where John Oliver has moved to? Has moved to this, and he won seven times a row in the previous category. Interesting. That's going to upset Lauren Michaels. Right? I would think. I mean, John Oliver's the betting favorite as well, if I look here. Uh, Minus 150. Saturday Night Live is plus 225. Okay. Makes sense. Black Lady Sketch Show, I think, just got... Got its non-renewal. I think it was just canceled. Oh, no. I don't think they, don't think they were able to leave on their own terms, if I remember right. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Outstanding television movie. I can come back online here. Dolly Parton's Mountain Magic Christmas. Okay, I'm offline. No. Fire, <laughs> Fire Island, Hocus Pocus 2, Prey, and Weird are the nominees. This is a category that surprises me. It surprises me every year because, like, a great movie like Honor Society, I guess nobody saw. Uh, on Paramount Plus, so that movie's not here. Reality of HBO, I, everybody figured that was so critically beloved. Yeah, I'm surprised at that. HBO does so well, but we have a Christmas special? Well, it's Dolly Parton, so you can't be that mad. Dolly Parton gets in here all the time. It's a Christmas special. that just get, Like, why isn't Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special in Look, here? The only reason we need to find and perfect, like, uh, immortality for humans is to keep Dolly Parton alive forever and Jane okay. Fonda. I'm not against that. I'm not against that. I just don't know why she's in this category. It makes no sense to me. She's Dolly Parton. <laughs> like weird versus prey versus Dolly Parton's ma- mountain magic Christmas. <laughs> what the hell is going on here, Michael? Had to get NBC a nom, I guess somehow. And uh, there you go. But those weird and prey are the top two. Weird is minus one ten. Prey from Hulu plus two fifty. I know you enjoyed prey a lot, but prey is to give this to weird. Come on, prey is by far the best. Oh, stop it! By stop by it. a lot. Weird did a lot for Roku. Daniel Radcliffe really stretched himself as an actor. It's it's a great farce film alongside it's Dewey Cox. It's a great Cox. farce film. I don't I don't disagree with anything you said. Prey was awesome. It was sick. <laughs> Remember when we were in? Do we have this conversation ready in the early aughts? <laughs> we just did. It was yeah. sick. <laughs> anyway, outstanding documentary or nonfiction special: Being Mary Tyler Moore, Judy Bloom, Forever, My Transparent Life, Pamela, A Love Story, Still, a Michael J. Fox movie. They're all very good pamela a love story is my highest rated uh i have no do you have odds for this one no this was this one of the this okay. one and the next one the last one i don't have odds for anyway I, some good snubs too selena gomez my mind and me was a good movie pretty baby brooke shields all of these like autobiographical docs right now and all these career tribute docs are, are getting are dominating the category yeah. even though there's one issue doc here in my transparent life but yeah, good good movies, good documentaries. Uh, I guess they won't be eligible for Oscars now. So still a Michael J. Fox movie going to go Emmy instead of Oscars. Michael J. Fox, I mean, these are big names too, legacy names. Michael J. Fox going up against Mary, Mary Tyler Moore, going up against Judy Bloom, going up against Pam Anderson. That's, you know, that's some legacy stuff going going on. Somebody's so, only one of them is going to win. The Michael J. Fox movie was as rounded as, as a, as a, a, yeah, a I remember you piece of journalism that. you can get. That, that would be my guess. Michael J. Fox movie, but you never know. I would anyway, think either him or Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah, we have to end on this category. We we said it in the pre-show. Outstanding <laughs> live variety special: the Super Bowl Fifty Seven halftime show, Chris Rock Selective Outrage. We covered that because <laughs> we had to. Elton John Live Farewell from Dodger Stadium, uh, the Seventy Fifth Tony Awards, and of course the Oscars are the nominees. <laughs> Michael, the Oscars have never won 
this category. Yeah. They, I'm guessing they haven't been eligible every year because they've been nominated every year lately, but they haven't won. 16 times, 16 nominations, mm-hmm. zero wins. They have been Diane Warrened by the <laughs> Emmys, by the Television Academy. Why? Because uh, it's a bad TV show, <laughs> which on. is a, a complaint that we make all the time. They don't know what they it's want it to be. It's not a bad TV show. It's just, it, it's a lot. It's not an accessible TV show. It's a hot mess. Can yeah, we agree well, it's a hot okay. mess? How many hot messes win Emmys? A lot of them. This is absurd. This is just them punching up and punching up to the groin region of their. You made a uh, great point. You want the Oscars to have a category where the Emmys could be nominated yeah, every year. We'll and just not nominate win. the Emmys every year and <laughs> give it. Give it to them. Diane Warren. Them. Which which side of your mouth do you want to talk out of? Do you want to say you're an expert in television, or do you want to say you're you're a fan of the Oscars? Well, I mean, we're not super. We both love and hate the Academy Awards. That's our thing, right? I I think it's very easy to understand why the Oscars don't get celebrated as being a a huge television program success. Because every, I, I, I mean, every year the talking point is how do we get more viewers? They did this wrong. Why did they do that? Every year, you're right. And even the super fans who pronounce their love and get mad at us, they're rankled. When we say as much, they have a laundry list, a shit list, if you will, about the Oscars and how yeah. to fix them. It's, there's a lot of problems with it. I mean, you know, mm. it's tough to have a show with one comedy segment that you stuff in at 1115 randomly when everyone's mm. ready to go home and you have Glenn Close talking about the butt. You know, it's mm-hmm. a good comedy segment, but what the hell does that do for pacing? What, what are you Even talking about? tougher. Why are we here? Yeah, it's even tougher if you try to film it at a train station. And equally tough if you have Will Smith assaulting someone. So. Yeah, but what if you don't know your ending and you improvise it to where you think a sentimental favorite's going to win, but an old guy just wins again? And you have the worst And he person gives a video possible. acceptance speech. You have the worst face possible trying to present said award. I, can I be honest? I don't even remember last year's Oscar show. <laughs> I but remember, you do remember Joaquin Phoenix's face. <laughs> when Anthony Hopkins won, right? No, he's yes. not here. Yes, what that the I do. F that do I do, do now? <laughs> Where's Robert De Niro? <laughs> Give me Robert De Niro. Somebody find Robert De Niro for me. <laughs> uh, well, God. that'll put a cap on one of the longest docs in MMO history that I had very little, if nothing, to do with. Uh, good job by you for becoming partially qualified, Michael. Did a great uh, job here with this prep in this Emmys episode. I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood the other night. You were very jealous of me. And this is me as uh, Mr. Terrible Person character. It's a character, Mike. It's a fictional character. (laughs) I could say this. But he goes, I try. I did. I tried. You're doing God's work out here, buddy. Uh, that is the the end game, the finish line for Mike, Mike, and Emmy. At least until we next time we talk about until January, Emmys. right? Yeah. We're going to be doing an Emmy nomin- uh, Emmy winner reaction show. Could in be January. September, could be November, could be January. We don't know. It'll we depend on the know. strike. 
uh, what matters, as always, most to us, dear listener. Your thoughts, what are your takes on any of the Emmy nominations? What do you think was snubbed? What do you think should have been nominated? And why? What do you have to say about uh, also Mike's takes here in this episode? Let us know all that, as well as any other thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns you have about anything we do here in the MMO Empire. You can leave us those on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at MMS and Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. We are available wherever you do hear podcasts. If listening to us on either the Apple Podcasts or Spotify app, if you appreciate what we do, if you would mind leaving us a five-star review, those help us out immensely. Thank you to everyone who has done so thus far. Uh, Michael, tell the good people what is coming next, even though that should be fairly obvious considering the week we are in and the weekend we're heading towards. And let's, uh, let's have some words of wisdom to end. Barbenheimer. It's finally right. here. We got Barbie next. We got Oppenheimer to follow. We're doing film studies, Oscars profiles. They're, they're each of those. Uh, we're going to have uh, a big special on Oscar betting. So this was a nice you know, segue into that with some Emmy betting odds. But we're gonna ha- we, we had to reschedule our, uh, our recording with David Long of Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast. Go and listen to his episode with Craig, their return. Uh, five big summer movies reviewed there. And thanks uh, to them for shouting us out uh, on their show. And uh, it's, it's exciting to get to work with David again. I'm sure I'm not jinxing it at all right now. <laughs> like we already did once. Otherwise, words of wisdom, we support SAG-AFTRA and the WGA. Of course. Because of, co- of course we do. Yeah. Uh, go find Adam Conover. He's everywhere, but he's uh, you should listen to him. He makes some great points every time he speaks. Uh, guys, when reality sucks, you can become partially qualified with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar, or Mike, Mike, and Emmy for purposes of this episode. Trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. We will see you all very soon. See ya. See ya.